I'm reviewing here! Ooh, what's up, babies? Uh, er, babies? Babies? Oh, Jesus Christ. For, forget that I ever said that. Remind me to never say that again. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of I'm Reviewing Here! A podcast where I, Matthew Bussey, watches and reviews Sight and Sound's top greatest movies of all time. I... I'm such an idiot because, like, when I first started this podcast, I, I made the, the cover art for it on Canva. So good. Everybody use Canva. It's amazing. And on it, I say that I'm watching and ranking the top greatest movies of all time. I haven't ranked anything. I have not once said, oh, okay, I've reviewed 10 movies. What's my favorite? <sighs> so I really have to go back and change it and tweak that. I mean, like, really? Come on. Who gives a crap? I'm sorry, but like, come on. Who cares? I'm going to look, though. I'm looking right now at all the movies that I've reviewed so far, and I'm going to try and pick a favorite. So there's... Uh, I can't count right now. It's too late. I, I uh, Controversial, I know, but I do love Annie Hall. Um, that's probably my... F- oh, A Clockwork Orange. No, that's... Yeah, nothing beats A Clockwork Orange. The how about this? So okay, least favorite in Vonda's room. <clears throat> Sorry, um, just don't even get me started about that movie. Uh, most surprising movie, like movie that I'm so happy I saw that I had never heard of. Soleil O, or also known as O Sun. Yeah, yeah, I think those two movies are my favorites. Those three. How many did I just mention? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I... Sh- uh, uh, ranking, though, like, I, I shouldn't have said that because ranking just, like... I don't know. It gets confusing. It gets annoying. It gives me a headache. It's like at the end of the year when you have to pick... Well, you don't have to, but I like to because I'm a... I'm a, I'm a masochist. Uh, you know, like at the end of the year when you pick your top 10 movies that you've seen in our gear and your top 10 CDs that you've listened, or CDs, who the hell listens to CDs anymore? Top 10 songs, top 10 books, you know, like B.O. Barack Obama always does it every year. Uh, I It's like that, you know, but I just can't do it. But anyway, what am I talking about? And why did I just refer to Barack Obama's B.O.? Jesus, I sound like I'm in a really bad mood. Guys, I just um, tried to make... You know, this is this is a sign that Hashem is punishing me right now because it's Passover week and I'm the worst Jew in the world and I have not really been following the rules that well. I've been eating matzo uh, every day. Matzo, matzah, I never know how to say it. I've been eating that every day, but, you know, I have been breaking the rules a little bit and I have been eating some leaven grains. Leaven grains, that's what I meant to say. Uh, yeah, so I tried to make a, a vegan mushroom omelet tonight with chickpea flour because it raises, it leavens. And it totally failed. And I just burned my, like, electric stove. I didn't burn it, but there's, like, a big-ass stain there now. And I'm now waiting for my buzzer to go off because I had to put baking soda on it and clean it. And I don't know if it's going to work. And it's so freaking annoying. But I'm not going to let that ruin my night. Uh, I'm happy to be doing this. You know, it's been a while. Guys, I've had a really crazy few weeks. It's nuts. No, it's crazy. I, uh, really quickly, and then I'll get to today's movie because I am really excited for it. Uh. Work is, has been crazy, but it's always crazy. I, uh, you know, worked this huge week-long event at work, and then I hopped right on a plane and went to Aruba. I can't roll my R's. Aruba with my buddies for, like, five days. Yeah, feels like it was forever ago, but it was only last week, and I'm looking at my sunburn right now. I'm starting to peel. It's so disgusting how we peel. We're like snakes. Oh, it's, it's I don't know. I don't like it. It's gross, and it itches, too. Yeah, uh, 
man, Aruba was really fun though. I just went completely for fun vacation, vacay, and I highly recommend it. Now we went to a really, uh, we went to one of those all-inclusive resorts, which I mean, they're fine. You get your money's worth. I mean, it's free drinks, it's free buffet food every day. But, you know, there were a few instances where I was like, oh, you know, swimming in a pool where there's a tissue paper floating around. <clears throat> yeah, that happened twice. It was really annoying. We also went out one night and I went to take a bite out of my cookie and a, a half dead fly like appeared on my plate. And I got the waitress and was like, oh, can you help me? There's a fly. And the, all the waitress said was surprise. And then she walked away and didn't get my plate, didn't apologize or anything. <laughs> Oh, brother. Yeah. I met a girl there, too. We're dating now. No. I met a girl there. My buddy and I went out dancing one night. It was, like, lame. Like, there was, like, no one there. Everyone there was, like, they look like 17 years old. But there was one girl my age, and we danced for, like, two seconds. And then she looked at me, and she went, you smell like gazpacho. And then she walked off. <laughs> uh, Excuse me? <laughs> gazpacho? I've had gazpacho once in my life. I had it last year in Barcelona, and it was disgusting. Who the hell wants to have cold soup? Who? Who invented gazpacho? Whoever invented gazpacho should be in jail. Seriously. And also, what the heck? Gazpacho? I had just eaten avocado. No, not avocado. I'm sorry. Guacamole, which is made of avocado, mushed avocado. I had like two scoops of that because uh, I was starving because it was late at night and I was dehydrated. But yeah, that was pretty funny. Aruba, though, was a really fun place. I recommend it. We also went AT. We went uh, driving on the ATVs, and I almost, um, that was just amazing. But yeah, you got to wear goggles. Even if, go even if goggles cost 100 bucks, you buy those damn goggles because you will go blind. Fun night, or fun day, though, fun trip. We uh, did that, and then I got back, and I bought a condo. I keep wanting to say I bought a condom just to be stupid, but it's not funny. People don't laugh when I say that. But yeah, I bought a condo and I've moved in and it's now my second night there. And <laughs> I already <laughs> stained my goddamn electric stove. So yeah, that just shows the type of person that I am. But wow, it's been good. It's just been a whirlwind though. But it's fun though. It's really fun to be back and I got to get back in the groove of reviewing these things. Another funny story about Aruba though and then I promise I'll get into today's movie. Um I could not stop talking about my uh actual girlfriend uh Sydney Sweeney. Yeah, it's true. We're dating. Just that TMZ hasn't gotten to us yet. But I could not stop talking about her that at one point my two friends literally had to tell me to shut up because <laughs> they were just like, "Can you please just stop? Please talk about anybody else but her, please." assholes i can talk about my girlfriend whenever i freaking want to so leave me alone no um i do apologize i know i just like to piss people off i also made my non-jewish uh, christian friends uh try matzo because you know I, I spent the first night there this is also why hashem, hashem is punishing me i haven't gone to any satyrs this passover i mean it's very sad but I, I wanted to but i had to go away but i was like you know what i'm gonna bring matzo i got it on the plane and i brought it to you know aruba and it was it was the first night of, of passover and also in aruba there are like no jews it's like all it's like 98 percent christian i mean easter we left right before easter obviously and they said that was going to be like you know super bowl day but, um, you know, my friends are not Jewish at all. One of them is a, uh, uh, like a wizard or what's it called? Who works, who gets ordained in the Presbyterian sect? A minister? I think that's his name. But minister, whenever I hear minister, I think about, you know, the dad from Seventh Heaven and look what happened to that actor. Oh, Google it. I dare you to Google what happened to that actor. I forget his name. 
But um, yeah, they tried the matzo and they tried to be all nice about it. Well, one of them did. The other one of them was straight out just like, it's dirty and dry. Ew. And I was like, well, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to, you know, this is what the Jews had when they left Egypt. They didn't have, they didn't have time to wait for the bread to rise. I don't get it. Ew. And then she spat it out. And I was like, oh, I hate you and I want to go home. All right. Christ almighty. You know why I'm also kind of like dragging this out, guys, because I'm, I have a timer right now and I really don't want the timer to go off. I have to go and clean the stove and I have um, 38 seconds left. Can I do it? <gasps> oh my God, my heart's pounding right now. Now today we're going to review uh, a really famous uh, silent movie that I really, really enjoyed. I watched a bit of it when I was in college, but I think I fell asleep because, you know, it's college. Uh, I didn't know, understand what going to bed early was. But yeah, uh, really good movie. I really, really enjoy this one. Today we're gonna be re- we're gonna be reviewing the last laugh. Oh, would you listen to that music, the cadence, the, the, I can't think of any other musical terms because I only took the saxophone for like two days and then I couldn't take it anymore. Anyway, it's a heartbreaking story. I used to always want to play the saxophone when I was a kid because it's like a really sexy instrument, am I right? But I could not blow into it. I legit almost broke my, my head almost popped open when I did it. Uh, when I tried to do it in fourth grade, yeah, it was impossible. I was like, oh, it's hard. It's hard to blow. Am I right? It's hard. It's, yeah, it's hard to blow. Okay, we'll leave it at that. The Last Laugh, you guys, this is a really remarkable movie. Now, this is a silent movie. I think this is actually the second silent movie that I have reviewed so far that, I, <laughs> that I've been able to find at least. 
Yeah, very famous movie. This uh, was very uh, critically acclaimed when it came out. It premiered in uh, uh, in nineteen twenty four. It is a German movie. It's a silent movie, but you know what's very different about this silent movie is that there's no real dialogue between characters. You know, in silent movies, they talk and they they're like, oh, blah, 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 blah. you know, their mouths move, and then it cuts to all this, you know, over the top dialogue that people like don't speak like anymore. Yeah, this isn't like that. Uh, this is a movie by a very renowned director named F. W. Murnau, uh, and he was a real a real pioneer, I think, in the German expressionism movement. Now, what is German expressionism? German expressionism is basically a type of film art that was really popular in, like, silent German cinema days, which was, like, the 1920s, basically, you know? And it's, it, it, the theme, the German expressionism is all about shadows. It's all about black and white. It's all about big, huge production designs with, really impressive shots and just eye-popping visuals and and the last laugh is is like that there's a lot of other movies too that that come to mind but uh what was i saying yeah the, but the interesting thing about the last laugh though is that you know yeah it's a silent movie but you know there's not like any dialogue in it there are a few shots where you know it's like a character reads a letter and you see what the let what what what's written on the letter you know like there are a few moments like that but overall though this is a completely silent movie and you know what I love that about it I I really like that got me thinking a lot because you know you don't at least in my history of seeing watching silent movies I don't think there's ever really been one like like the last laugh you know every silent movie I've seen there's always dialogue, you know, that, th- those little titles that come up. But Murnau, though, what he does here is I think he's just made a very, very genuinely artistic movie. And I really like that about it. You know, this movie, too, you know, the plot of it is uh, shockingly, and, and I'm not being sarcastic, you know, this is a sad movie, but it's not... Um, it's not like a, oh my God, I want to go drink vodka and jump off a cliff kind of sad movie. You know, it, it's, it's, it's got a sad movie. It, it's got a very sad message deep down, but you know, in an odd way though, it, I wasn't like miserable watching it, you know? And I think that's, what's kind of the hopeful thing about the movie. Now I'm going to get to the ending. I did not like the ending of this movie, but I am going to get to why, um, that didn't really bother me that as much as I thought it would, because when I read about the history of this movie, I kind of understood it, but, um, I'm going to get to that. So yeah, the last laugh, um, I don't even think, well, yeah, there is laughing in this movie, but this is overall a drama. Uh, it was written by Carl Mayer. Now Carl Mayer and F.W. Murnau, the director, they worked together a few times. They did this incredible movie called Sunrise, a song of two humans, which is known as like one of the greatest love stories of all time. Uh, it's kind of funny to watch right now. It would probably get canceled if it came out in 2023. I don't totally remember what happens in it, but um, basically, yeah, I think there's a moment where the love, the male lover basically, um, like, I think he like tries, to, I, oh, I can't remember. I don't want to butcher it, but yeah, it, it's, it's a movie though. That's not really, it would, it's not appropriate that the Twitter, uh, army would, and you know, Buzzfeed, they would completely annihilate sunrise if it came out. But, uh, yeah, but you know, they, they did a lot of good stuff and Carl Mayer too. He also co-wrote, uh, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, which I've never seen. This is like one of, if not the most famous example of German expressionist cinema, 
uh, of all time. Never seen it. It's a horror movie too, so I'm surprised that I haven't seen it. But uh, anyway, you know, Murnau, though, he, the, the director, he was most famous for directing Nosferatu, which is that very famous black and white vampire movie where Nosferatu is the vampire and he's pale and he's got long claws and big teeth and a bald head. And he's, he's, uh, he, you know, he kind of reminds me a little bit of, um, Edward Cullen, you know, he's even better looking than Edward Cullen. If you ask me. Yeah. He just doesn't sparkle in the sun though. Like diamonds. You're beautiful. Edward. Beautiful. This is skin of a killer, Bella. You're like my own natural brand of heroin. I, I am a Twihard, but the dialogue and the shining. Stephanie Meyer, what is it with shiny things? I don't get it. Anyway, go see The Host, too. The movie The Host. There's also shiny aliens in that. Anyway, there are no aliens in The Last Life, and there are no vampires. I'm getting way off topic. Murnau, though, yeah, he's a very famous director. He also did, you know, like I said, he did Sunrise. Uh, and um, he died pretty young, too. He died when he was only 42, uh, but uh, The Last Laugh is really a star vehicle for the lead in it. He is this uh, Swiss-born German actor named, uh, and I hope I'm saying his name right, Emil, Emil Jannings, E-M-I-L, J- Jannings. We're just going to call him Jannings. That's kind of a badass word, uh, badass name too. But uh, he was already an Oscar winner. He uh, won, or no, I'm sorry, not yet. He won an Oscar a few years after The Last Laugh came out. But he actually won two Oscars for these two movies called The Last Command and The Way of All Flesh. He uh, was, he also did this, I do remember this movie, this incredible movie with Marlena uh, Dietrich called The Blue Angel, uh, Angel? The Blue Angels, pardon me. Uh, Jannings is amazing in this movie. Uh, now, The Last Laugh, there's not a whole lot of plot in this movie, and that's what I really liked about it. It's also not a two-hour-long, overlong movie which is really, really good. Uh, basically, and you know, also th- this is, like I said, it is a very artistic movie, but don't be afraid by that. I know artistic, that scares a lot of people away when you're talking about an artistic film, quote unquote. Uh, Jannings, you know, and also in this movie, there are no character names. Jannings plays a hotel doorman. That's all we know. He's a hotel doorman. Uh, he works at this very fancy hotel. He is not a rich guy though. He's a very, he works, you know, in lower class and he lives in a very poor part of town. Uh, he is, you know, when this movie starts off, he is the happiest guy on the planet. He is constantly grinning at the customers. He just loves everything that he does. He is on cloud nine. He loves it. And, uh, you know, we learn a tiny bit about his family. Now this actually kind of confused me because I thought it was his wife or, but it's not, he, we, we see, where he lives. And apparently I don't think he has a wife, but his niece is there, I think, and she's getting married. And that's kind of like the big thing, like everybody in his building. Again, I was a little confused as to whether they were his family or his, uh, you know, just friends and neighbors or whatever, but they're all happy. Everyone is so, so happy. And that's a really big part of this movie. You know, Bernal is really emphasizing like, (laughs) everything is heavenly, you know, like he, he really is stressing that, uh, you know, for the first half of this movie, but yeah. Um, so that's pretty much it. Happy guy. What could go wrong? Well, this is movie and movies are sad. So of course this man, Jan, the doorman, um, he, his life, he gets like smacked in the face, metaphorically speaking, when, uh, one day he goes to his boss and his manager, much younger, uh, uh, kind of, yeah, younger guy. 
he uh, basically tells him, you know, gentlemen, uh, what would be a good name for a doorman? I don't know. Bill. Let's call him Bill. Um, no, I won't do that. That's stupid. He tells the doorman, um, okay, so we're, you're getting really old, and um, due to your age and quote-unquote frailty, you uh, are going to no longer be the doorman. You're going to be the washroom attendant. Ouch. I mean, ageism, am I right? Also, age and frailty? I mean, what the hell? Yeah, his this manager is a real POS, if you ask me. And the doorman is crushed. Like, like, crushed when he hears this news. Now, Jannings, he overacts. He actually freaks me out a lot in this movie because he's that actor who can really make his eyes huge. Like, I can't do it. But, um... It overacted, yeah, of course. But again, it's a silent movie. It's, it's a silent movie. Everybody did that back then. And, and Jennings is the right guy for this job because he, you know, shows it in his facial expressions alone. I mean, this guy, the, the doorman, he is catatonic after hearing this news. Like, like cannot believe it. Can't even move. You know, he when he starts to walk, he kind of like hunches over like the hunchback of Notre Dame and, and his eyes are wide as he walks. He's like a mummy. You know, he's like he's like death. I mean, he he it's like the, the rug was just pulled out from under him and he is done. And what he does next isn't really the right thing to do, because what he ends up doing is basically lying to his friends. Uh, he continues to wear his doorman outfit Um and I'm kind of just going to cut right to the end. You know, there are all these scenes of him pretending and he's losing his mind and his, his health is declining and he's drinking up a storm. I'm going to get to the cinematography in, uh, in a moment too, because that's why that's what's most famous about The Last Laugh. But cutting a little bit to the end, um, his, you know, his friends and family, they basically find out that he's been lying and that, you know, his, he's been downgraded and at his, uh, you know, employer and they hate him for it and they, they, berate him for it they chastise him for it and they yell at him and they're laughing at him and and he you know has has nowhere to go really except for the hotel like his one true love you know and and uh, it's sad it's a sad movie it is really sad and and he uh what happens next is really interesting though you know he goes back to the hotel not sure where else to go. I mean, he's he's just, again, he's lost his job and now he's basically lost his family and friends. And he goes to the hotel um, and he goes to the washroom, you know, where he's going to, he knows he's going to be working. And the new watchman is there. And, the, you know, this is kind of a, a great part of the screenplay. You kind of expect this watchman to be like a stereotypical villain because, you know, he got the, he got the doorman's new job. But he doesn't do that. He he's not a baddie in it. You know what he does? He goes to the doorman. The watchman goes to the. Oh, why why can't these people just have names? I'm confusing myself. <laughs> the W goes to the D, and he. <laughs> no, I sound like a football coach when I say that. Uh, the watchman goes to the doorman, and he sees how depressed and sad he is, and sleepy, and he, you know, approaches him, and he covers him with uh, his coat as he falls asleep, and and he basically says, you know. Well, he doesn't say because there's no dialogue in this, but you can tell that he's just a nice guy and he is just going to, he's, you know, he basically says just with his actions alone, you know, you're going to be okay. And I'm sorry about what happened. Now, this is where I don't really like what happens next, but there is a reason for it. Um, There's a title card that comes up 
where it says the following. Here our story should really end. For in actual life, the forlorn old man would have little to look forward to but death. Forlorn. Wow, I love that word. The author took pity on him, however, and provided quite an improbable epilogue. So when that came up, I was like, uh, what? Huh? What? Huh? Yeah. The next sequence, which I did not like, and it went on for way too long. But again, 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 I'm going to get into it as to why, you know, Murnau kept it in. So that really weird, like, fake epilogue comes up because it basically says, well, this is how it should end, but um, we're going to make it happy. It's like Murnau is literally going like why would we want to end it this way? Let's, let's make it happy. So in the next scene, we see these intro titles again of this newspaper. And, uh, we read that there was, um, the, the doorman, you know, Janning's character, he has inherited a whole bunch of money from a Mexican millionaire named AG money. And this guy died in the doorman's arms in the washroom. And because of that, apparently he ended up inheriting this millionaire, this millionaire's fortune. I mean, <laughs> what? Ridiculous, am I right? And the last sequence in this movie, it is so over the top, like happy and fake and, um, and unbelievable. The, the, the doorman is is uh, back at the hotel. He's uh, the polar opposite of, of depressed, and he is hanging out with the watchman, the man who, you know, in the previous scene was very kind and, and covered him with his coat. They're like BFFs now, and they're hanging out and drinking and eating, and, you know, they go to leave this hotel, and all the other employees at the hotel, they're like, you know, idolizing the doorman, and they're all lined up, and, you know, they're like, oh, I, he's amazing, isn't he? And, you know, the doorman and the watchman, they get in this carriage and there's this beggar, this poor person who goes up to them and the two of them let the poor guy come onto the carriage with them and they, uh, they hop away, wait, they gallop away. Well, the carriage doesn't, the horse does. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then uh, they go away and then the movie ends. Yeah. Um, all right. So Yes. It's a ridiculous ending. I did not like the ending. Uh, I would have much preferred it if the movie ended on a very depressing note because it is a sadly good depressing movie. You know, I think that Mayer, uh, the screenwriter, sorry, Mayer and Murnau, the director, you know, they they're making a big they're making a big statement here about the lower class. I think they're making a big statement about how hard it must have been back then to be poor and to be, to be in the lower class, you know, and to lose your job like that. I mean, it's not like you're going to always be supported by your family and friends. If you lie or if they find out you're done, you know, it's bleak as hell, but I kind of like that about it though. I think it really, really works. Now in reading about this movie, Murnau and Carl Mayer, the screenwriter, they wanted to keep that, but guess who got in the way and said, no, it's too sad. You got to make it happy. The uh, distributor, UFA, I don't know what uh, that stands for. It's, it was a German distributor. It was distributed later by Universal Pictures in the U.S. But UFA, they basically said, no, you got to make it happy. You got to change it. And um, Murnau and Mayer obviously did not like that at all. So they intentionally made a really bad over-the-top ending, happy ending. That makes no sense. So... I think if you know that going in, you can kind of roll your eyes and go, okay, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, at first I did not know that, but a part of me kind of did because that inner title where they say, 
yeah, uh, it should end this way, but we're not going to do that. You know, that kind of gave it away. And, and I, I, I oddly expected that to happen because movie studios can be a real pain in the butt. I mean, the amount of times that they have done that to these filmmakers, we don't like the ending. You got to change it. And then it comes out and it does bad, badly. And then they end up releasing it on like an unrated disc or whatever and it ends up doing better and it's like the directors were like yeah like this is what we wanted and the you guys were like no and the fans actually liked it more because so we were right or along all along you know <clears throat> that's annoying i'm acting like that's happened to me that has not happened to me at all i'm not a filmmaker but i just read about that all the time and that really annoys me so the last laugh um really honestly truly a phenomenal movie if you if you forget about you know the ending it, it, it's a phenomenal movie mostly for its style. This movie, the style, the cinematography of it all is amazing. This was the first movie to really use a dolly. A dolly is basically what filmmakers use for like panning and movement shots. So a dolly, you know, like they attach, it's kind of like, imagine like, uh, what's an example? Imagine like a little choo-choo train, but it's safe and it's on tracks and nobody can get, I mean, you could get hurt, you could get hit with it and you might get a, a bump, but um, you know, they attach this camera to a dolly and the dolly goes left and right. And, you know, like in a movies, like when characters are running and the camera's following them, that's a dolly shot. This is 1924, guys. This is Germany. That they, Those weren't big back then. This is pre-Citizen Kane and pre-all the big epic Hollywood movies. This isn't even a Hollywood movie. And this was the first movie to use a dolly. I mean, wow. That alone that fact alone earns the movie all the credit it deserves because that is just absolutely amazing. Dollies, guys, they are used... Any movie you see now, there are dollies. There are panning shots. There are everything in movies. And The Last Laugh was really a big kind of precursor to all of that. You know, all this... The century after of all these movies getting made, you know, The Last Laugh, a lot... I think a lot of filmmakers probably looked up to The Last Laugh. A lot of aspiring filmmakers went, wow, I want to make shots like that, you know? I mean, for a silent film, this movie is so cutting edge. Murnau, um, and also I should mention the cinematographer, his uh, Carl Freund, who I believe, eh, no, he didn't really work with, I don't think he worked with Murnau that much, but he did do a, a few other movies. I mean, he is, his shots in this movie are so out there. I mean, the opening shot is of the hotel, you know, but it's from the point of view of inside of an elevator and you see outside the elevator and you see the elevator going down and down. And, you know, you see that, you know, like when you go down an elevator and like, you see that, that little, uh, floor, like the, 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 oh, what, what the heck am I trying to say? The thing that's in between floors, you know, when you're going down an elevator and it goes up and you see it, woo, 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 you know, like that. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Just Google what I just said and something will come up. You see that um, in this and it's really, really cool. There are a lot of shots here that show you what the doorman is is seeing in his head. You know, there was an incredible moment where the doorman, you know, he's depressed. He's, he's just lost his favorite job and he's walking back home and he turns around. It's late at night. He turns around and he's looking at these buildings and the buildings, this is like a scene from inception. The buildings are like, it looks like they're falling towards him. You know, it's that illusion that the buildings are falling towards him and he, he, he's just losing his mind, you know, completely. There are a lot of other moments. There's a moment where, you know, he's dreaming and, and you see a close up of his face. And then in the middle of the screen in his face, you see, him dreaming, you know, and him, it's, it's, it's a shot of him going back into his hotel and his doorman outfit, uh, you know, where he loves to be. 
these all sound like, oh, well, anybody could do that. Yeah, anybody could do that, but not back then. But, you know, Murnau did do it. And uh, he made a really... Uh, I keep think, I keep wanting to use the word eye-popping, but I use that word all the time, and it's so gross. So He does, though. I mean, every, every shot in this movie is just so gorgeously done. Uh, and Murnau just took so many bold choices with it. It's... Uh, it's a lot, you know, the, also the fact that this was all filmed on the soundstage, this, is, this was not filmed like on a street in Germany. No, 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 this is all a soundstage. That hotel, that was all a set. When you see the shots of, of you know, it's pouring rain outside or, or you know, it's, everyone's walking f- quickly outside past the hotel and you can just see the gusts of wind and the debris flying in the air. There's so much detail in every shot here. The mise en scène is just is just out there. I can see, I can totally hundred percent see filmmakers looking at this film and and being you know inspired by it. I really really can, and I really recommend that everyone watches it to really appreciate the fact that this is a movie that came out in the twenties for crying out loud, and it was this top notch with its cinematography. You know, really see it for that, and also see it for the story too. You know, really see it for the story. It. There's not a huge story here. It is a very poetic uh, movie, uh, but you know there is a little bit of economic. Uh, 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 what am I trying to say? There is like a bit. You know, there is a bit of an economic statement here, uh, and it was really something. I also found something too. Uh, so there is a word. There is a genre of film in Germany called. Uh, I don't. It's. It's. Uh, I don't think it's no yeah it's not made anymore obviously it's just from the silent era it's called Kammerspiel film Kammerspiel film yeah and these were movies that basically depicted uh lower middle class life in Germany and there were many other directors you know GW Paps the one who did Pandora's Box the second movie I reviewed on this podcast you know Carl Dreyer uh uh Murnau as well you know there, there was there were a lot of filmmakers who really showed that and uh, they they showed that class of people you know they showed how troublesome their lives were how difficult their lives were so there's a lot to unpack in this movie and I loved it I really really did the ending I admittedly kind of looked away a little bit during the end because it was just so stupid but again I think you know look I just spent 34 well I spent like 10 minutes talking about personal matters but I just spent 24 minutes talking about this movie because you know there's a lot to talk about it you know there's a lot to say about it and uh, I'm so happy that I saw it Uh, I really really am now where can you watch this movie it's on YouTube there are a bunch of different versions of it on YouTube which is not good I don't believe I'm going to double check right now I don't believe it's on the Criterion channel checking right now criterion channel criterion channel no it's not there which is really annoying it should not you guys should not be watching movies like this on youtube you can rent it on amazon prime for 4.99 now i know 4.99 well i haven't seen this movie am i gonna like it you will like it you will like it if you love movies like me then i think that you really will like it uh, a lot so yeah check it out check it out you know what check out some other do a little uh research on silent German films because they are their own genre they're they're a genre it's a genre in and in and by itself it really really is I cannot talk you know what the thing is guys is that I talk so fast and I get nervous that I'm gonna say something inappropriate or curse I mean here I have a little bit more freedom but like I have to give speeches all the time in my job 
I'm very open about that, about, you know, just going up to the podium. And I don't, I, I wing everything. And every time I go up and make a speech in my head, I'm always like, don't say fuck, don't say fuck, don't say fuck, don't say fuck. And even here too, I have to do that too. Cause there's a part of me that's like, you know, just be as I am really honest, but you know, I want to keep it R. I cannot keep it PG. I mean, also the movies, I cannot keep PG. <laughs> Here's a movie about suicide. Here's a movie about prostitution. Here's a movie where they have... Se- Guys, I'm waiting. I don't... I, I'm waiting for... A, oh, there is a kid's movie coming up that is very famous. That, I believe, is two or three episodes from now. What I was going to say is, are there kids' movies on Sight and Sounds list? But there probably are. I just haven't gotten to them yet. But... I got off track again. I'm really off topic again. Wow. It's my new apartment, you guys. I'm happy. And also, can I tell you guys something? When that trailer was playing, it was just actually a clip from the movie. Uh, the stain, most of the stain came out of my electric stovetop. I paused it and ran and cleaned it up while that trailer, that clip was playing and it went off. I'll quickly say too that the sound effects, this restoration, uh, the restoration of this movie, I, f- I forgot to talk about this, is amazing. You know, the music you heard in that clip, but also, you know, uh, I forget the name of who restored it. It's, uh, oh, I forgot to take note of it, but uh, they do do a great job too because, you know, they add so many sound effects in it too, which makes the experience all the more entertaining. You know, like The Last Laugh is like a perfect movie to see with a live score. Uh, you know, the, the doorman, I don't really get the significance of the doorman and his whistle, but he whistles all, he whistles it all the time. And, you know, they have the sound effect, like all the time, other sound effects too. Like there are, there are shots of women, you know, uh, outside their apartment, uh, you know, on their, their balconies, like hanging up laundry and they're smacking the, the quilts with like a, like a stick or something. And you hear that ting, ting, you know, it's really fun. Just a little fun side fact, but I it's kind of embarrassing to forget to talk about that and then end with it because it's like, yeah, let's end with the guy blowing his whistle. <laughs> I got to get some sleep. The Last Laugh, check it out. Really, really good. Uh, guys, this has been really, really fun. Um, I'm really happy to be doing this again because it has been a while. It's been a crazy, crazy few weeks, and this is really fun. I have, I'm so excited to watch the next two movies. The second one is by a very prolific, famous Swedish director. Wink, wink. <laughs> I don't know if I gave anything away by saying that, but uh, this is really, really exciting. I really hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. To I'm reviewing here new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, unless I can't find a movie, which is going to happen. It's going to happen again, and, you know, it's life. That's life. That's my new motto. That's life. So uh, I really hope you enjoy it. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in every week. I hope you're liking this. I hope I'm not annoying you too much. I hope I am entertaining you because life is hard. Life is really, really hard. And yeah, this has been fun. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Happy Passover. Happy last day of Passover. I think happy Passover Eve. I think, yeah, this is on Wednesday. Yeah, okay, cool. And if you're not Jewish, go Jewish. Be Jewish. Good. Bye. Bye.